0: Showtime!
1: Stop eating my sesame cake. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over.
0: Oh, boys! I'm back! Imagine what you know.
1: This. welcome to the most must listen to podcast in the entire galaxy the gorilla brain podcast i'm your host apr and today we are going to be talking about 1995's epic masterpiece eddie murphy's crime in the 90s vampire in brooklyn but i am not alone today no 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 today i am joined by the ronin genji my man, on, yeah. how are you doing today, my friend?
0: I'm good, bro. Man, it's an honor to be here, bro. Thanks for having me. It's been a mess to we though.
1: Oh, cool. yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, you know, life gets in the way, man. But you know what? We're going to make amends today. We are going to talk about Vampire in Brooklyn, dude. It's Black History Month. Let's do it, big. Let's go Vampire yeah. in Brooklyn. Let's do it.
0: Taking it back to 90s Craven, man. Can't go wrong
1: with it. Yeah, man. Yeah, a lot of people don't really remember this out of Craven's catalog. You know, they always remember Nightmare on Elm Street, Serpent in the Rainbow. You know, Scream. You know, Vampire in now Brooklyn. It really, it. Yeah, it really gets it gets shaded on really bad, man. And it's like it's a, a, like like a forgotten. A like, exactly.
0: Yeah, it's always yeah. It's kind of like below the bar. And I think when they're doing that, it's always more of like the stuff that kind of made him define the genre. So the movies you mentioned are always the ones that's looked at. So this one was kind of like, all right, Eddie Murphy in a vampire movie. I guess it's because it never was looked at as a horror movie, but more of a comedy. But it definitely has elements of horror. But so that was the genius of Craven that he was able to tap into uh, multiple subgenres in one movie. Right.
1: And, right. and you know, what's really funny about that is, is that this the story was by Eddie Murphy and Charlie Murphy. Crazy, crazy. See, a lot of people don't realize true. that. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> Prince served him pancakes, and then he wrote Vampire in Brooklyn, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Beat
0: him in a game of basketball. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's crazy, took him to
1: the house, served him pancakes. <laughs> yeah,
0: there you go.
1: That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Charlie Murphy, man, putting in the work. Um, He did this, and I think, um, what else did he write? He helped Eddie write out, was it Harlem Nights? I think it might have been he helped him on that.
0: Harlem Nights, right. yeah, he directed that one. And he got all the legendary greats in there, man. That, that's a crazy cast up, man, how you got
1: all those uh, icons together like that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Eddie, Eddie brings everyone together. Eddie is all about the fun. But uh, before we yeah. get into it, dude, like, I, w- I just wanted to bring this up because we had mentioned that Craven is Mr. Horror. You know, people associate horror movies with Wes Craven. And what's yeah. weird about it is, is that Charlie and Eddie wrote this as a straight horror movie. There was no comedy in the original script, and then Craven had made the suggestion the suggestion that he wanted comedy in it he wanted to make it different than any other vampire movie out there so because of Craven, we got all the laughs and giggles out of this
0: that's cool yep it kind of it kind of shows that uh he's able to kind of jump back and forth like I was saying, and that's pretty interesting because uh you know if you look at some of his more modern stuff. It had a lot of humor, like when he brought back the slasher gyros, when he did the supernatural, like all his villains were very satire, but they were menacing at the same time. So it was it was like a good blend. Like there was that fine line. It was not too over the top. It wasn't too seriously, but it was like just middle ground fun. And I think that's probably why he went that way, because Eddie Murphy was the star. And it makes sense.
1: Yeah, Eddie had to he had to kick out. He had a contract with Paramount and he had to kick out. I think it was 6 movies. And I think this was the last on his Paramount and he's like, "Okay, I got one more movie. I want to do whatever I want to do." So, here's what you're getting. You're getting Vampire in Brooklyn. And they were like, "Okay, whatever. Put it out. You know, I'm sure it'll make money, Eddie Murphy." You know, but uh yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Um so Let's get into a little bit of the details here, dude. We um we got a twenty million oh I'm sorry I'm sorry we have a fourteen million dollar budget for Vampire in Brooklyn. That's small,
0: man. That's small.
1: Yeah, for a Paramount movie. Yeah. I mean, I mean you think about some of the movies. Then. Yeah, man. You think about some of the movies they kicked around in the nineties. Like they were putting out money, but Vampire in Brooklyn just wasn't one of them, dude. It was. It's sad.
0: Why do you, Why do you think it kind of uh, fell off like that? What's your prediction?
1: I really couldn't tell you, honestly. Like it's it's got Eddie Murphy behind it. Maybe they just didn't have faith in him as a as a uh, a writer, or I mean, I'm sure they had faith in him as a, a main actor, as as you know, the starring cast. Cast. Yeah. But
0: a crazy yeah. movie, yeah, it's kind of hard to sell, I guess.
1: Right, you know, comedy guy doing horror. This isn't gonna make shit. Let's just keep the much the budget minimal. But it, uh, it made its money, though. I mean, it made its money back. It was not technically a flop. Maybe in the studio's eyes, it was a flop. It made $20 million, so it made a $6 million profit, which isn't bad for a horror film, especially in the 90s, especially the mid-90s. Because remember, this is 95. Slasher, the slasher genre isn't back yet. Horror was in a slump at this time.
0: It was dead. It was pretty much dead, yeah.
1: I mean, what did we get out of the early 90s? Dude? What did we get? Uh, the Dentist. Uh, leprechaun Uh, one and two like what what do we really honestly get dr Giggles. yeah it
0: wasn't really like slash it was more like the obscure stuff more sci-fi if you will more
1: of that Mm -hmm. stuff so the critics man the critics did not like this movie whatsoever i'm gonna go down the list real quick uh rotten tomatoes it is totally rotten it is 12 percent on rotten tomatoes oh wow that hurts i Yeah, I know, right? It hurts my soul because this movie is so great. But IMDb gives it a 4.6 out of 10. Again, not that good. Metacritic, 27%. Wow. But there is a a shining rainbow here. Google reviews. The people of Google have spoken. And 87% of the people like the film.
0: That's cool. This must be a fan audience.
1: Yes, yeah. But, you know, you don't really get the, you know, if you're scrolling through Google, you don't really get to go, okay, I'm going to review all these movies. you got to actually search for a film. So, if you're searching for Vampire in Brooklyn, you're either one, Curious, or two, you're a big fan. Yeah. Doesn't really I feel like you really, ever-
0: want to hear what other people are saying out there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it doesn't really feel like a movie where it's like a middle ground. Like, eh, it was okay. You either love it or you're just like, what is Did this?
0: Did it ever, like, um. Get like uh, co fallen Did they ever like release this on Blu-ray or anything like that? Did it get like a re um, release
1: okay. No, no special editions or anything like that. Basically, what that's you cool. got was a DVD scan. So that's basically, yeah. and, they, and they just put it in a Blu-ray box. So that's basically all you got. Gotcha.
0: I'm surprised and you can the add, factory hasn't done anything yet.
1: No, no Screen Factory. Um, and the only way you can get Vampire in Brooklyn in Blu-ray is then a four-pack. I looked it up. I was just, I was blown away how this movie just never got released, man. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, it makes sense why the traction never kind of picked up on it, then. They really wasn't trying to push it.
1: Just no it in <laughs> And
0: People caught on to it when it dropped, and then it kind of just went away. Interesting.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, man, especially with a cast like this, dude. We got the legendary Eddie yeah. Murphy. Eddie Murphy. We have the it's goddamn nice. hot in the 90s, the 2000s, and even today. Yeah, hey, I would still go there. Angela Bassett, good Lord Almighty. Yeah. Still doing yeah. it. Yep, she's uh she's uh ruling Wakanda currently. So yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nine one uh, one, the TV series. Yeah, she's she's good, man.
1: Yeah, American Horror Story, man. Dude, Chick's been acting forever, it feels like, man. She's so good and just so beautiful and just heaven sent, my friend.
0: No. Like, uh, if we, if we had got X Men in the '90s, she would have been Storm.
1: I'm just oh, and, oh yeah, yeah. If Holly, if Holly Berry would have stepped away from that, I think uh, Angela Bassett would have been a great choice for a storm, no doubt about it. Oh yeah, and then we got
0: uh, we got uh, Alan Payne.
1: I haven't seen he, him in
0: a minute.
1: Yeah, dude. Like, whatever happened he to him, like, dude? like in the nineties, he was all around, and then he just he fell was off.
0: Everywhere like he's doing a little bit more like television stuff right now I, he's been doing a lot of Tyler Perry uh, shows like because he's got a new series and stuff right now he has his own little kind of universe if you will you know he likes using similar actors and stuff so mm-hmm. that's kind of the last place I've seen him hmm. but uh, yeah I haven't seen Alan Payne like you know just watching him like since the 90s since like Jason's lyric and this
1: yes sir I mean he just kind of disappeared man I just don't know whatever happened to him but we also have Kadeem Hardison who was like the extreme comic relief of this film, dude? I loved him as the ghoul, as Julius. Oh my God. He had the, He had the best one liners, period. <laughs> I love every line of his in this movie. <laughs> if I you read
0: I'll make sure that uh, everything we do is going to be right. But first of all, we in Brooklyn now, man. You got to get rid of this big ass thing. You ever heard of a puton? They're lighter, they're comfortable, they, they're better for your back. You know, they even good to fuck on, man. This is bullshit here. You're gonna scratch your ass fucking on this. What's the matter? <laughs> I uh, a couple of things to know. One, never sit on my coffin, okay? Two, I want to find a girl tonight. Sounds good? Yeah, is it? Three? <laughs> I don't like mirrors. Ah. and uh we also Uh, had almost like uh just magnetic like he just i don't even think he was playing the character i think that was just kind of him throwing himself into it he's he's that good
1: yeah eddie Eddie murphy he uh handpicked him for that role he wanted him he got him so there's a little known fact and uh the legendary john witherspoon r.i.p my friend man you came in this movie pilot and you were you were just like, uh what was his character in Harlem Nights? I can never remember his name, but he was pretty much that character but living in the ghetto of Brooklyn
0: yeah, he was kind of that, I forget his name too,
1: yeah, Where he even did him? the he even uh did the bang 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 line yeah. <laughs> which no he did. yeah, which he did which he did in Harlem Nights, and then he took it over and brought it to vampire in Brooklyn you know I think he even took it the Friday too,
0: yeah, he's got so many quotes. He's, he's legendary, man. Uh, Pops is forever, man. He's always going to be Pops.
1: And uh, before we get into the story, I just wanted to bring up, I saw this on a, on a message board because I was doing research for right. the film. And uh, somebody said uh, that this is practically is a horror remake of Coming to America.
0: Whoa. That's a, that's a stretch. I never looked at it like that. That's kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, the, it says here, since the plot has the main character arriving from a foreign land, to America in order to seek a woman, he even uses his power and before his money to change a grungy apartment into a classy one to impress the lady. Gotcha. But he 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 didn't want the fancy apartment coming to America. He wanted the rundown ghetto apartment.
0: So th- yeah, I guess that's- he wanted something different that he wasn't accustomed to. What
1: right. So so I found a hole in that right there. But you know, it's just it, I didn't realize it until now. I'm like, huh? Yeah, that is kind of like coming to America, but with vampires.
0: That is, like, Theory though, like I've never thought about that out loud. Like, that's kind of cool, actually. Like, <laughs> the similarity contrast is pretty
1: cool. Oh, yeah. All right, so we have our opening credits. You know, we got Craven directing, we got Eddie Murphy, we got everybody that we just previously mentioned in the casting list. And our story starts with a boat crashing into the docks with John Witherspoon acting like goddamn John Witherspoon. I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it's just if you know John Witherspoon, then you know what he's like in every role. He's just John Witherspoon. I don't know how else to say it, but he's Silas in this yes. one. So, everybody on this boat is dead as fuck. And then, out of nowhere, uh, Julius and uh, Silas are searching the boat. And then they see a wolf jump out of nowhere. It scares the shit out of them.
0: So, you say you saw a what? It was a wolf, goddammit! Big, black, 2nd ass wolf! The motherfucker jumped off the boat and ran over there. And when it got there, son of a bitch turned into a man. hit the flip-flop shit on me! Just like a whore I knew in Detroit back in 62, 63. I go over a house on Saturday night, bitch love me, man. Take a chicken and some pretzels. I come to the door, she's a man! That scene was kind of like, I don't know, it was, how can I explain that? It was a little bit like a, almost like a pre-setup to like what was going to really occur, because at that point, you really don't know whether it's going to be like a straightforward horror movie or like a straightforward comedy. So they just kind of surprise you with the characters introducing you into this world. So I kind of like that and it wasn't like traditional it was just like hey these are comedians let's see what they're going to do in this crazy setting you know what I mean so I thought that was kind of interesting
1: yeah and you you see um, Eddie Murphy who is Maximilian in this film Uh, he he displays a whole bunch of different powers and and, you know we'll probably get into that in a little bit into the story but uh, we flash forward to it's essentially a cameo from Skinner from X-Files and I thought that was pretty cool I'm like (laughs) <laughs> they got they got dinner playing a, an Italian mobster, just so out of character for him. Usually he's the professional type, but this one he's just like a, a like a, a numbers runner or a, you know a, a collector, you know something like that. So I just thought that was kind of funny to see him in that role. It cool.
0: was very cool though. That was great.
1: Yeah, because X-Files in 95, I think X-Files had been on for, what, three seasons, two seasons? So he was flying high on there. He was already running the FBI. So, you know, he yeah. had he had a job. Definitely. Yes, sir. And then we see our first glance of Maximilian, not just a shadowy figure that the wolf turns into. We get Maximilian, and the first thing he does is he rips these Italians apart.
0: Oh, yeah. Now now you know what what you're watching at this point.
1: Right. Like, you got... Most vampire movies is like, oh, I'm just going to suck your blood. I'm going to bite you. No, 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 no. no, Not in this film, my friend. He literally rips arms and legs and dicks off of bodies and launches them into the air. It is priceless. It's (laughs) not what you're expecting at
0: all. Nothing wrong with uh, opening scene fatalities. I think it's great. (laughs) uh, And it's creative, too. Because, again, like, they didn't do the uh the traditional thing like you said and I, and I like that that was pretty cool hiding that hiding the uh, suspense and things like that surprise the audience keep showing you your edge
1: mm mm-hmm. and we have a we have a scared Julius just hiding in the corner making quips like only he can and then Maximilian just decides to make That's, him a ghoul
0: that was weird to me <laughs> why, <laughs> why, like, why, wait was, a why was that, why that weird? A a
1: vampire you know what I mean I think he wanted him to earn it. You know, I don't think he just wants to give him that power or that gift of eternal life right off the jump.
0: Right, right. That is true. I just thought it would be I guess it would have been a completely different movie if he did grant him that and then they kind of became like a buddy vampire movie and then they're just <laughs> kind of going out and doing things like because it, again, it's vampire in Brooklyn. It's like right. two brothers in Brooklyn almost in a sense so naturally, you would think that he kind of could give him that ability just to give him that chance at life to see what he was missing out on. Because, again, it's a comedy at the end of the day. Like, it's, it would be hilarious if he did give him that ability. But then, like, you know, him changing it still kind of makes it a horror comedy. But then like, it would have been like completely full-over comedy if that happened. But, you know, you know I can dream, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. 48 Hours to Eternity. I, I'd go see hey, that. Yo, Why not? I don't
0: love that title. You sold me. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> sold
1: on the title alone and you know what's funny is that you would think that eddie murphy would be the comic relief in this film and it's not he plays it pretty much straightforward you got julius here yeah, as, as as you know is the funny ghoul that falls apart and things like that so it, it's right. definitely a, a switch you know you go into this movie thinking oh eddie murphy it's gonna be hilarious i love beverly hills cop you know i love 48 hours none so it's, it's a different animal here
0: that's where the uh, that's where the, uh, the great acting comes in because it's like it, you have to remember like shit this is Eddie Murphy but mm-hmm. he's he's playing mm-hmm. straightforward and then even Kadeem Hardison you know coming from TV and things like that also brings his performance up too you know because he is so funny naturally you think that he's gonna be a straight man just because he's kind of the side character so he he has a lot of heavy lifting to do too as far as like jokes and being the good side guy. It's cool, so they they kind of balance off of each other, man. It's great, and I like the swap in reverse as far as the performances. It's
1: great, yes, sir. And then the angel herself, Angela Bassett, walks onto the screen, and we are introduced to our heroine, Rita. I mean, she has a presence on screen. Yeah, very, very few have what she has. She commands that screen, even in Vampire in Brooklyn. Like which is you know Funny. not her best acting effort. She commands that screen. Her facial expressions, you know her her dialect, everything is just that character. I absolutely love how Angela Bassett. I just punched the <laughs> just punched the desk. This,
0: yeah, um, man, I got her future on that. Uh, she brings a lot of charisma, and I think this is probably the first time I've seen her in a horror movie, horror comedy, if you will. So this that was kind of new to me because I was so used to her. Doing like dramas and more of like the motivational kind of movies and just being badass and stuff like So, this was kind of a stretch and kind of cool to see her jump into this realm. And she kind of did it decades later on in her career, but this was the first time she jumped into the horror genre. It was a cool right. effort.
1: Cool. Right. Like, like uh, American Horror Story, I think it was, uh, man, what yeah. season? Yeah, she was a vampire there. Um, she was also a vampire previously before this in, I don't remember the year or the name of the movie, but she was a vampire. vampire. I think it was, I think it was a black exploitation movie. Okay. I can't remember the name okay. of it off the top of my head. So, but she has been a vampire, vampire. every time. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: So if you want your undead Angela Bassett action, good Lord almighty, go find it. It's out there.
0: It's good sell. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So um, we go through a little um, a little uh, exploitation here with Eddie Murphy, and you kind of find out that Rita is a half-vampire.
0: Oh, shit, you're right. Yeah, I forgot about that.
1: Oh. Yeah, it's a very quick line. Like, if you're not listening, you're not going to catch it. So I could see why it was overlooked. But he reveals that he is there to find a half-vampire. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: That's, that's kind of like, basically, that's kind of the arc of the story. Because he was kind of, in a sense, looking for a queen, somebody to be by his side.
1: Right, and they kind of changed the rules a little bit. Like, I was a little confused, like, okay, so he has to go to America to find this half-vampire, and and if he didn't, then the bloodline would end. I'm not too sure if that meant he would die, or if that just meant that he wouldn't live forever. I don't really know what the consequences of it were. They never really wanted into detail on it.
0: They didn't. I just kind of assumed maybe he just couldn't carry on his, uh, his I guess, the legacy within Gene. I guess it just stops as far as, like, Gene's go, but I don't think he would die. I just think he couldn't carry it on if he wanted to keep it going after he was gone. That could be it, I guess.
1: Yeah, they they just never go into it. I wish they would have, you know, give a little bit more of that lore. You know, I think that would have been really cool
0: because the modern vampire myth kind of changes depending on what uh, what universe or world you're talking about, you know, cuz everybody kind of treated them differently. But mm-hmm. they did things similarly when it came to killing them, you know, but like when it came to like manipulation and curse and imitations and stuff like that, everybody handled it differently. So it was kind of unique to see.
1: Right. And we and I left out the part where you know, we had talked about um, Maximilian's different powers. Like, um he turned into the wolf and all that. Well, there was a dog that was growling at him because it knew what it was, and he just flipped it, and it, like, exploded into the water. I've never seen a vampire of that, that power.
0: Yeah, I've never seen that either. That was, that was almost, like, superhero-ish. Right. Crazy stuff. But it was cool, though.
1: Yeah, but he has a lot of different powers in this film. Like, it, I don't know. It's, just, it, it's different from every other vampire movie that I've ever seen. I, I think that's one of the things that I appreciate most about it is that it's just that much different. I don't know. It's just something about it. Do you think that uh, this movie was planned for more movies? Like, Do you think that there was a sequel potential for this? Um, If it would have been, I don't think it would have been Eddie Murphy because he was dying to get out of his Paramount contract. He was very unhappy at the time. So I don't think a sequel would have happened, at least not with him. Give me a Julius movie. There you go. Give me a Julius movie. I'll
0: take it. I'll take it, hey,
1: that'd be fun, so we go back to Rita, and she's having these awful dreams and and she paints these dreams and uh going down further into the movie he you know it uh she paints what she sees in these nightmares, and they come true so it's a little bit of fortune telling another vampire power that you know they're precognizant um right. never heard that one before, but hey. You know, Psychic Vampires, we got them here.
0: Yeah, Psychic Vampires, man. I, I've only heard that a couple of times, here and then when Stephen King did it in his story. So it was pretty cool, man. I, I want to see more Psychic Vampires, to be honest.
1: Yeah, uh, Salem's Lot? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just got that on Blu-ray the other day. I just watched it. I forgot that it was three hours, and I decided to watch it at, like, 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> Wrong answer. Oh, nice.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely, do. But I. Uh, I, the whole power set with uh, Angela Bassett's as uh, Detective Rita is pretty interesting because, again, this also uh, resets the whole vampire history lore, And then you kind of introduced to her and you're learning about what she's still trying to figure out. So she's kind of learning as the audience is learning. And I love when they treat characters like the people that are watching the story unfold. So that was always fun. And I agree with what you said about the, uh, the originality and the power sets and how this differentiates from other vampire movies. I never realized that until you just said it right now, but when I thought about it and I was going through the list in my head, I'm like, yeah, this was very different from any other vampire movie that I've seen. I've seen a lot.
1: Yeah, so we got Max here. He he gets a shitty apartment. Um, John Witherspoon, Uh, Silas. Uh, I just want to say John Witherspoon, but I, I know it's Silas. So yes. uh, we have Silas is the landlord. He doesn't just work at the docks, folks. No, no, no. He's a double dipper. He is a landlord and an employee. So he runs this this shitty ass apartment place and rents it out to uh, Maximilian, who pays him in gold. So he gets this just crummy ass apartment. It's it, it's just it's dirty. It's it's dingy. You know, the only thing that's clean in it is a fucking mirror that uh, he tosses. To <laughs> of course,
0: for a vampire, that's that's all they need is the
1: mirror. So uh, we go back, uh, and then we have Rita, and she's back at the, at the precinct, and they're talking about the case and all that. So, you know, we got Julius here in, like, the worst disguise in the history of disguises. It, it's bad. <laughs> and then you see him eat the, um, the cockroach, and that's kind of like a nod. That's kind of like the nod to uh, Dracula with Renfield. Right. So, I I thought it was kind of nice that, you know, you're tipping the hat. You know, you know, you knew what came before you. You're paying homage. You know, that's really cool of you. So.
0: Oh, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Definitely. definitely.
1: Mm -hmm. Because there was a. Oh, my God. Vampire movies have been made since the original Dracula, which was what, 38? 36? I I can't remember the exact year.
0: Yeah. You talk about black and white silent film area. Oh, yeah. Generations from now. Like, crazy, crazy stuff. So, that was kind of the that was the trend and that was kind of the lore then and at that time it was just kind of, what was it like voodoo black magic and stuff. And then they kind of modernized it, you know, for us and stuff like that. So they had to be creative. So, and then to see it be, you know, originalized again, really,
1: really cool. So we're, we're taking back to max and he's given a little disposition to Julius about, you know, a little bit about his background, where he comes from, why he's here and things like that. So you're getting to know the, um, the Maximilian character. Which is a lot different than how they usually do it in in vampire movies, because usually it's, it's a lot of mystique and that's part of the scariness. But here he's he's just kind of coming out like, here's who I am, this is what I do, this is what I want. So you know, it's a little bit different, man. You got to give it to Eddie for changing the game just a little bit, you know.
0: Yeah, jumping into the genre, it kind of it kind of makes me wonder if he didn't like step away from Hollywood for for the period of time that he did. Would he have done more movies like this? You know, maybe outside of Paramount, it kind—I think of, he would have. I think
1: he would have. Yeah, uh, he didn't do another movie. He didn't write another movie. I think until Norbit. I think that was his next one, and he—he he wouldn't do another horror if you even want to call it horror. But uh, the Haunted Mansion. And that would—that would be the next uh, delving into. That uh, was oh, actually pretty good. I actually liked know, that one. Yeah, dude, you know that movie gets a lot of shit. i I rather I like to sit down and enjoy that film. It's not a bad movie. It's based on a goddamn ride. What what can what epic what story
0: because that's one of my favorite rides at Disneyland. So for them to tell that story, I was like, All right, cool.
1: Right. I, yeah. I mean I mean Pirates of the Caribbean would come out and just blow that out of the water. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, basing a, a film off of a ride. You know how difficult that is? <laughs> I mean, really.
0: Right. No, I feel you dude. But it was it was a great effort though. I mean, it was decent. It's not like Oscar winning, but
1: yeah, you know, it's up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, it's fine, man. I, I still recommend it to people, and they all laugh at me, but I don't care. I still recommend. I mean, if you want to have fun with Eddie, Eddie in a Murphy? House, you know, life, like, in.
0: that's an easy sell. Eddie and a haunted house, I'm in.
1: <laughs> right? Even it, it was meant for kids, and it had a little bit for adults too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I can't hate on that movie. Alright, so we're going to go back to Rita's apartment for a little bit more disposition. So, the storytelling element is here in this film, and I really appreciate that. It's a lot different, like I said, it's a lot different from other vampire movies. So, we have her overly sexualized horny roommate, uh, Nikki. (laughs) And she is all about justice, okay? She, She follows him outside to give him the keys and then invite him up for something hot and moist. <laughs> Julius declines, but old Maximilian is here for some kind of mind-blowing sex that they're about to have, and boom! Nikki hears it, or I'm sorry, um, uh, Rita hears it, and she just kind of covers her ears, like, oh, there she goes again. Always
0: yeah. that one friend.
1: Yeah, one. and it's always one. the roommate. You know, it's it's never it's never the, the star that's the hoe. No, no, it's always the roommate.
0: Blame the roommate. Well, wait. It's, it's funny because the roommate is living off the expense of another person. Like, you know, their lives are boring. So they, they're trying to intervene with their friends and then they got it. They got to do wild, crazy stuff. Keep themselves at bay. It's hilarious. Yeah. And but
1: they usually write the characters yeah. like that. I just think that she was just a naturally horny woman. Nothing wrong with that. But damn, back off a little bit. The man was literally in the apartment for like 30 seconds. Right. And she was just all about it. But she gets blown off but Max comes upstairs and and they're getting it on, okay? And then Maximilian kills her and you hear it. You don't see it. What? Which I can no. appreciate because it leaves a little bit of mystery to the mind. I can appreciate that. We don't have to show every single kill. That's true. That's true. Leave a little bit to the imagination, oh, that's man. That's 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 why other films like Jaws um Oh man, so many films that had a lot of off screen kills. They left it up to the imagination. I think that's important. Yeah. And actually, I think that's All missing in film seminal- nowadays.
0: They are effective. Like, Off screen kills, it uh, works just depending on how you do it. It's
1: effective. Uh, nothing scarier than the human mind, I'll say that. <laughs> All right, so after the mind blowing sex capades that took place the night before, Rita decides that she's going to go see Preacher Paulie. Preacher Paulie. Yes, I'm Preacher Polly, and if you've been misbehaving, preacher Polly's here for see So uh we, we go over here to Preacher Pauli who is taking a drink out of the back of his van <laughs> Which is like a congregation van, I'm I'm sure he travels in it, I don't know. But um and then uh Maximilian confronts him and then uh kills him <laughs> in the van.
0: What? No. It just show it goes to shows how useless he was to Max.
1: Right. Well, he was pretty useful because he was kind of close to Rita from from that religious uh aspect, so she was going to him for guidance, and he he needs to get to know her now they don't come right don't know out and
0: how say vampires it. Are, you know how vampires get when it comes to like cult and religion and stuff they're they're more traditional, they're not like religious per se, so that's it's almost kind of like demonizing them. you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah,
1: almost, I, like, I almost it's, like yeah it's almost like spitting in the face of God kind of thing. Yeah, I exactly. get that. Yeah. But um, and, and I noticed something that when when we finally meet Preacher Paulie, man, he he has the Sherman Clump voice. Like that is pre Nutty Professor Sherman Clump right there.
0: And I love every bit of it.
1: <laughs> so uh, yeah, Preacher Paulie, he did. And uh, and then we get, I I think it's probably my favorite scene in the entire film is the is the epic sermon scene. You know, when, when he walks into the church and. His uh, hair yeah. starts lighting on fire. Well, not laying on fire, but starts smoking. He's just like, God damn! <laughs> and they, all, they all turn around, and they're like, what did he say?
0: Oh, that was too good. Yeah, it's his one. That, that one scene right there, it, I, for some reason, ever since I was a teenager, it reminded me of that, that Michael Jackson Pepsi commercial where he was on fire. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That, that one scene, I, don't
1: know, it's, I think it's the way it was shot, the way they filmed it. It's just crazy. It's funny, though. Crazy coincidence. Now, do you think it's a nod? Because um, in Eddie Murphy's Raw, didn't he wear the Michael Jackson uh, red outfit? Yes, yes. Do you think that was a nod to Mike?
0: That would be cool if it is.
1: Well, I know that, I know that uh, Michael Jackson and Eddie Murphy were friends in real life, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could have been. I mean, we don't know. Only Eddie really knows. So, so that <laughs> I can't even talk about it. The, the sermon scene is so great. Evil, evil is good. Eva, Eva is necessary. Eva
0: is necessary. Thereby, it is necessary. Eva yeah. must be good. <laughs>
1: Just it's just so good. And
0: he knows getting into the characters.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, he played uh yeah, he played a couple characters in this film, and one we're gonna talk about in a second, but he's uh preacher Pauly right now. Yeah. And then um we move on to the um the Italian restaurant scene, and then he impersonates Guido. So here's another power that we're talking about. Now he can transmorph himself into people. Uh, That have and it's kind of cool how they do it, too, because they all he has to do is find a little bit of evil in you. He just needs a way in and then he can become you.
0: So it's not kind of like uh, self-summoning or something like that.
1: I don't know. I, I don't really know how that power works. But, you know, all he needs is that little gateway to get in and become you. He doesn't have to, like, bite you or kill you or anything like that. That's just a bonus for him. But yeah. if he finds out, because remember, in, in a later scene, he's trying to find a hole in Justice when they're sitting there All in the precinct, right. and he can't find one. So he can't—he would get to know uh, Rita a lot better if he was Justice, but he can't find a hole.
0: Got it. So he's, he's bending reality with his supernatural. That's pretty cool.
1: Yep. Another uh, epic vampire power, man. This is why Eddie Murphy is yeah. the best vampire ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we got uh, Eddie Murphy here. He's impersonating Guido, which he's playing another white man, (laughs) uh, an Italian of all things, and uh, he he does a stick up, and it's another way of of getting to know Rita. So he's asking her questions, like you know, um, he's trying to. Okay, he's got a gun on her, and he's like, okay, now we're gonna go on a date. So what kind of what kind of food do you want? What's your favorite food? Hmm, what kind of wine do you want? He's getting to know her, getting to know her favorite things. And it's, right. it's furthering the story along, getting us to know Rita a lot better. Awesome. And it's it's just really good. It's so different.
0: Yeah. It's very it's very creative, no doubt. And yeah. at this yeah. point in the movie, you're kind of just watching him have fun. You're not really sure where his allegiance is, whether he's good or bad. It doesn't really matter at this point because one is eddie murphy and two you just you love him already even when he does become bad you still like you love him You gravitate so it's kind of just basically a gray area the whole first act is just him learning about the people that he's around and then us learning
1: about him and his powers so you're getting kind of two stories in a sense Yeah, I believe that's called proper storytelling, and it lacks in a lot of movies these days. So, (laughs) kudos to Eddie on that one, man. So good, yeah. So, we go on to the uh, police station. Uh, Rita flips uh, Guido over a table, wwe styled, like John fucking Cena. And then uh, takes him to jail. And then I noticed something. And, and And it's not just the only one, but we have cameos from other Wes Craven film actors here.
0: Yes, yes. I only recognize one of them though. Uh, you probably got more than I
1: did. Uh, I, the main one that I like to point out is that, hey, look, there's the mom from the people under the stairs, right there. It's just her, her hair is shorter. Like that's it. Like she's just as crazy. Right. She has that, she has that crazy ass look like she had in, uh, in people under the stairs. She still got right. it. <laughs> yeah, <it's a> different <laughs> movie, dude. I mean, same universe, Cravenverse. Right.
0: That's something that I thought what eventually happened around that time because it it seemed like they were setting it up i don't know how i came to that conclusion but i don't know just something about how certain filmmakers kind of build worlds within like certain towns and stuff like that it seemed like his movies felt connected in a sense
1: yeah most craven films were small towns things like that so yeah I, i mean that can make sense yeah I get that. Um, almost like Stephen King has Maine, you know, parts of Maine. You know, it's all under that umbrella.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that's cool, though. I think more directors should do that.
1: that yeah, build your own universe, man. It, it it makes people invest a lot more when you have a universe, when it's not just one story, but a universe. I think that's why um, Avengers did as well, or Marvel has been doing as well as Dick, because it built this giant universe that gives people more. Under one continuity, like a banner. You know what I mean? Like all these stories come under one umbrella.
0: Look where they are now.
1: (laughs) Billions and billions of dollars later. So um, we got Max here. He's still imitating Guido. Okay. And he's uh, he's rallying up uh, Julius or not Julius. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, He's rallying up Justice and Rita to kind of separate them because they're kind of revealing feelings for one another. And he doesn't like that because he's trying to get Rita. So he causes uh, people he causes under the stairs, the stairs, lady, to try to stab a cop. So she goes to stab him, and she gets subdued. And when the cop turns around, Max is back to looking like Max. He's not Guido anymore. He's back to looking like Max. And he's like, he went that way. Just, uh, just a small bit of in this film. I, I just absolutely claw. Oh, man.
0: I always love seeing that. the powers into effect.
1: So we fast forward a little bit and we got we got Max back at Rita's feet outside of her apartment yet again, you know, putting the moves on her. You know, he tried at the club and, you know, that got fucked up by Julius. We skipped over that scene. My apologies. Uh, uh, And uh, so we got Max. He's he's getting a date for Rita. You know, that's uh, the main point here. He says, you know, if, if I can just get her to dance with me one time. So he gets the date. He sends the car. Julius picks her up. And he gives uh, Justice a little uh, razzle-dazzle, <laughs> little verbal yep. razzle-dazzle before going on. You thought he was going to get some, huh? <laughs> Better take your ass to get a pizza. Ain't no pizza places around here. Yeah. <laughs> just, just the one-liners in this film are so great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay, Max picks up, or I'm sorry, um, I'm getting names mixed up left and right over here. Um, Julius picks up Rita, and, she, and when she walked out of that apartment, good God. So, wow. Angela Bassett. Damn! Whew, I got no words, brother. I got no <laughs> words.
0: That, that, that glamorous is real.
1: Uh, she didn't need that glamour, son. That was el natural for her, I'm telling you.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Ugh, she didn't need that vampire power. No, sir. So she's on the way over to Max's apartment, which is still a shit show. All it had in it was a broken mirror and a coffin. So he's doing all every spell. He said he even says it. He has a little uh, monologue here where he says, I used every spell that I could conjure up to make this place look like, like, you know, expensive living, you know, really nice. And uh, so, so the date progresses and Max, finally, he gets that dance with Rita. The moment he's been waiting for the entire film, he gets it and he takes the bite out of that fine ass.
0: Yep, that was the whole point, just to get close to her.
1: Yep, he, he hypnotized her. He told her every everything that he had learned about her. And I and I thought that was cool that the story came around full circle. Is so, that you know everything that he has learned about her is now her. being used now, against
0: and how often does that happen in movies? Like that's that's pretty cool for him being a vampire too, like to for that to happen to personal powers and then not really, you know, I guess kind of taken in what someone, you know, receives. Because in certain movies, like, certain characters will have certain conversations, and they'll talk, and they'll explain things to each other, and then it's kind of forgotten, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's rare to put a little detail into that, because most movies are common now, you know, conversations are forgotten, and then they just kind of go on, and then it's just like random dialogue. But here, you know, everything mattered. Every, every conversation they had mattered.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely right. Like, um, just all the little subtleties just add up in this film, yeah. and I think that's I think, just missing in storytelling these days. And you know, kudos to Eddie Murphy and Charlie Murphy, Murphy. for bringing it all together, dude. Like, and, and you know, in most vampire movies, like all, all they, do do the little, they do is do the little stare, the hypnotizing stare, and it's like, oh, you are right, mine. This no. one, Eddie, Eddie Murphy had to go that that extra mile to get the know her.
0: To like to do the things that he wanted. Yeah, he he had to invest in her. Yeah, he no other way.
1: Yep, can't call, you can't say he's not a romantic.
0: Yeah, but Rita, even then, like when you when you kind of think about that out loud, for him to really invest in her, it kind of made him vulnerable in a little bit to a degree.
1: Yeah, because yeah, yeah, and I want to bring that up is that I don't, I don't want to give away anything, but you know, eventually right. later in the film during the final battle, you know, he right. trusts Rita, so right. he kind of fucked up. He kind of fucked himself here. By, by getting, getting close. Exactly. Yes, yeah, exactly. I didn't think about that until just now. Wow, this movie's a lot deeper than I thought.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really is. There's a lot going on. And that's why I asked the question earlier. Like, do you think that there was possibilities of like a continuation? Because it seemed like that with some of uh, Craven's uh, one-off movies, like they, you could have come back to this world in a different way and then just focus on it from another family or from another perspective. I think so. I,
1: I mean, I would. I wouldn't no. mind. You know what? I I would even take a remake at this point, as long as Eddie Murphy came back like to to oh, write it so or at least mis- like you know direct fire. it. Or, yeah. Direct it or, yeah. I I would totally be into this universe because I'm digging the vampire powers. I'm 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 digging the vibe, like the comedy's there. Like it's got everything I want in a movie. All
0: one. It's, it's, just, it's funny you know. say that though, bro, 'cause like I think I think Eddie would be down to comeback. Like I mean, look at him right now. He's he's back full force and he said he wants to do more. Like action movies and comedy and stuff like that. We got Coming to America 2 coming out. Back mm-hmm. that. He's doing another Beverly Hills Cop. Bro, who's to say he wouldn't come back and do another uh, Vampire in Brooklyn? Maybe spinoff or whatever. Who knows?
1: Yep, 48 hours to eternity, guys. Look forward on HBO Max next year.
0: <laughs>
1: Man. I'll be down. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm totally down. So we have um we, we flip back to Justice here you know and uh Rita and uh Maximilian here they're bumping all night apparently so uh justice is out and he's still awake and um he gets a call and uh, it's Nikki and the painting that we had seen earlier in the film that Rita had that vision of that nightmare was Nikki hanging like almost uh like Jesus like from from a church
0: that's kind of a crazy twist in itself so we start to learn that the best friend was more involved than we thought actually
1: Yep. And uh, that's going to devastate Rita. So at this point, Justice, he wants to go find Rita. So uh, he Uh, goes looking over at um, Julius's apartment or Maximilian where he's staying and the door's locked. And John Witherspoon or Silas says, oh, yeah, they were up all night and they, they were banging it out. She didn't get much sleep. She probably went home to get sleep. So Justice heads over to uh, Rita's apartment, and uh, uh, the hormones is flying. They are flying. And uh, so they start to get down. She's ripping off his shirt. She's shirt. digging her nails into him, and he's just like, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it.
0: <laughs>
1: you know goddamn well you want it, boy. That's Angela Bassett, man. You are a fool if you don't want it. But, uh, That's
0: a crime to not want
1: it. Amen. Word. So he eventually gives in, and uh, she sees the blood dripping off his back because she had dug her nails deep as shit into his back. So, yeah, normally they go right for the neck, or, you know, they do, like, the fingernail on the chest thing. Nah, she clawed the shit out of him, Freddy Krueger style. Maybe that was a Kraven nod, you think?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely a nod. (laughs) Definitely a nod.
1: I'm all about it if it was. I mean, maybe they slipped it in there. Maybe you noticed. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. But I'm all about it. I'm going to say that is a Freddy nod.
0: It's definitely a Freddy nod. Only thing missing is welcome to primetime bitch,
1: I say. I'm sure they could have snuck that in with Julius somewhere.
0: Right. I thought it would have been gold. All
1: right. so um, So she decides that she wants to take a little taste of old Justice. So she goes in for the bite, but then she sees her reflection. So she's not full on vampire yet. Yet she got yeah. it, and and you know Eddie Murphy, you know they, they did the hibbity dibbity and all that, but she is still human. She's not. She has to do. I, I and I want to say maybe she has to do her first kill to become a full on vampire. Like she has to drink human blood for that transition.
0: I think so. I, I think. For that to fully change... Yeah, she has to fully invest as well, too. So I I think it just takes commitment on both sides. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Right, because that that explains why Eddie Murphy, later down the line in the film, is so hell-bent on her sucking human blood, because she's dying. She needs a transition. So if she doesn't drink it, then she'll probably die, and then his line ends. So it all makes sense. But if 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 she she she,
0: gives herself, doesn't that make her more pure? Versus him transforming her.
1: Well, I mean, she was already half. So right, I mean, right, that, right. I, so high yeah, okay. yeah, I think it would just be finishing the transition. Got it. Okay. Hmm. Man, you got me wanting to
0: go deep into the lore, man. Like, oh yeah. man, I'm like I forgot a lot of this stuff. Like, so I remember a portion of it, but I, they they left it, They did a good job of leaving you wanting more on the powers and stuff. They they jumped into it, but not a lot
1: right and like you don't even notice these things until you talk it out with somebody like i took the notes i was paying attention but i didn't really think about it and now we're in a discussion and i'm just we're going deeper and deeper and deeper and it's just like wow like this film was something special
0: it really was super underrated
1: Yeah. yeah and then maximilian drops a bomb on us guys max reveals that it was rita's father that sent him to Brooklyn to find her. What? Yeah. Big, big reveal. Big reveal. Because the only thing that we had known about Rita's father was that he was dead. Like yeah. he wasn't in her life and things like that. Uh, he died in down on the yeah. islands, yeah. and that's all that, right. all that we knew. But now we're like, oh yeah, you know Maximilian and Rita's father, they uh-huh. they were they were buddies.
0: So the guy that plays Rita's father wasn't he from uh, some other Craven movies too?
1: Did they ever show her father in this oh, film? I don't, I don't think they did.
0: It might have been maybe a picture or something. I don't think they physically showed him. Might have been some
1: pictures. I, I want to say that Doctor Zecko was from uh, *Serpent in the Rainbow*. He
0: sure was. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that was him. Uh, so. Uh, and it makes sense of so why he was at a. Uh, yeah. It, it makes sense why he was at a snake bar, like that the voodoo right. place. It, it totally makes yeah. sense. Serpent. No. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Perfect. Another Craven Slider right in there. Damn. We're really dissecting this thing today.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't know if the what? actor's still working on it, too. He was really good. I, I liked him, man. He had a different look and different sound. Very yeah, culture-based. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's his name.
1: Yeah, he was great. Yep. Oh, man. Oh, man. So So Justice, he, since we're talking about Dr. Zecko here, uh, Justice goes to seek his help. Now, we skipped over him earlier in the film, but they went there to ask him about, you know, a couple of um, supernatural type killings and things like that. But Uh, Justice uh, goes back to help or to get Dr. Zekko to, you know, he's starting to see this vampire thing is real. Okay, all these visions that um, Rita are having are real. So he needs help. He needs help from an expert. So he goes to Dr. Zekko. And uh, while that's happening, Max takes Rita on the hunt. He's trying to get that first human kill for her. Right. So, so he finds the douchiest white people in the middle of a park in the middle of the night, of course. And um, he says, <laughs> What did he say? Like, um, she deserves it more than you know. And that's basically, uh,
0: saying, that's, I did, basically uh, saying, I did you a favor,
1: basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But it's, it's another um, Maximilian power. Um, right. He could read people's. Um, like oh, all their evils okay. and shit like that. So okay. he probably looked at the um, at the white girl that was in the park and she was probably just some evil piece of shit, you know, and he's like, you know, she deserves it. You know, we don't know.
0: Something it's it's always usually like a story from the past. Probably something she did and he saw it.
1: She said, Uh, I i- be- I don't believe in your oppressed your oppression and shit like that. And I'm just like, Oh geez, they yeah, slowed that oh. one in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, of
1: course. So
0: definitely different time. Can't do that today.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's still relevant yeah, today.
0: Yeah, they'll 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 cancel you for it.
1: <laughs> so we get to the final battle. Justice has Doctor Zeku, and they arrive to battle Max and Rita, who is now mostly vampire. So it turns out that Justice has been hiding a secret the whole time. You ready for this, Ronan? The man, oh, yeah. no kung. that was
0: legit i ain't gonna lie dude i I, when i seen that i was like wait dude from new jack city is doing those martial arts like this is crazy he hit him with
1: with the van damme spin kick bro out of nowhere oh
0: my god i lost my yeah that was cool i'm not gonna lie that was cool
1: So after uh, a little bit of a throwdown and a a little bit of back and forth with the Rita character, um, Um, you you think that Rita is going to, you know, probably kill Justice and drink him, you know, things like that. Um, But she has a change of heart and she stabs Max through the heart, thus stabbing me through the heart, because we have grown to love Max throughout this film, damn it. And uh, it was sad to see him go. But what was really cool, though is That he was in his full vampire like makeup at the end of this film, dude. Like, he had the full oh, yeah. Yeah. face,
0: full on makeup and practice. Like, it was pretty cool, yeah. And you could still make out that it was uh Eddie Murphy, but I think that was kind of the point,
1: yeah. Barely.
0: Well, you know, Ed- Eddie has a distinct look, and I think it's cool because it's like it's him, but it's not him, you know what I mean,
1: right? Like, when he played the uh the white Jewish guy in Coming to America, like you could tell it was Eddie. Because of the eyes. Like, you, Eddie has a very distinct eye shape. Yeah. So, yeah, it, you know, you could tell it was Eddie. The prosthetics on him here were just so thick. Like, you could barely make out that it was Eddie here. Like, the full contacts on his eyes. You know, he had, uh, like, a yeah. foot forehead, and it, it was just it was great for practical effects.
0: Yeah, you know. the, uh, even in, in 1995, he, he was rocking the so uh, Jerry Crow hair, too. Oh, <laughs> ah, no. no. <laughs> That's just a tight, bro. I just realized that John He was rocking that shit so hard.
1: <laughs> Let Yourself. South I can't even hit that high note. Let
0: us close!
1: Oh, oh, no. oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I had that as my ringtone, dude. It used to piss my wife off so bad because every time my phone rings, she just hey, so close. I can't hit the <laughs> <laughs> cool. So So Max catches the steak. This big old goddamn I do not want to call it a steak, dude. I want to call it a staff. Oh, is what she yeah. stabbed through his heart, man. And um, no, God, yeah, man, that's no. that's the end of no. our boy, Max. He um no. he doesn't like Buffy the Vampire Slayer like dust out. No, no. He just kind of um, smokes uh, out. Right.
0: Yeah. Smoke. <laughs> yeah. So pretty like much.
1: A, like a fucking Snoop Dogg video. He just smokes out.
0: Even his death was original, too. I've never seen that before either.
1: So his rings. Right. When he when he um all his clothing goes with him. Right. Except these two right. rings and one of the rings falls off as his soul or whatever, I, I don't know what it was, that white owl thing that looked like it went out the window. Uh, one of the rings dropped out and hit the, uh, the limousine that Julius was driving uh, for the entire film as he was a ghoul. And uh, w- 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 I love the fact that this movie sends you off on a good note. Like, you know, Julius at this point, his arm is gone. his <laughs> he, he, he's got no ears. His, face is falling apart. He's got no eyeball. The, the poor bat, You know, and and then he, he puts this ring on and he is just regenerated, looking good as ever. His soul is grown. Well
0: so the ring, the ring has some type of powers to it. Or from mortal beings.
1: Right. And and what's really cool is that is that we come back to this again is that it's actual storytelling is that Max told him that you're going to earn, you're going to be a ghoul and you're going to earn to be a vampire. Well, he earned it, yeah. so so he got it in the end. He got his I don't know if it's eternal life or whatever, but he was better than ever. So, and I'm just glad that, you know, him and John Witherspoon Silas um, just kind of got that happy ending. Like, it sent you home on a good note. Yes, the vampire is dead and everybody's happy. We're in love. Rita and Justice are kissing and, you know, everybody's happy. Well, except Mac. Yeah. And I just think that it's awesome that it just sent you off on that that good feeling note.
0: Good, and then we got the bad guy, you know, still fun, lighthearted. hearted Then you had your little spooks and scares here and there. So you can you got your Craven experience and you got your Eddie Murphy experience because they're both kind of carrying the movie, which is pretty cool. So you got two different styles under mm-hmm. one. Definitely,
1: yeah. And, and it's sad that, you know, Craven and uh, John Witherspoon and Charlie Murphy, you know, a lot of these guys that worked on this film past and, you know, it really sucks because even if they did do a sequel to this, I don't think it would feel the same because I think there was a lot of input from Craven and there was a lot of input from Charlie and, you know, things like that. And, and nobody can, nobody can replicate John Witherspoon. Let's, let's just, facts are facts, man.
0: Hell no. You're right. You're right.
1: So you know, maybe we hold out for that Julius yeah. movie. Like that's just maybe that's just all it's called. It's just Julius. And, yeah, only, and, really
0: all,
1: mm-hmm. and only me and Ronan are gonna know what's up. We're gonna be like,
0: oh shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kadim Dame still here, man? He's still here with us.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's still acting. Still doing stuff, man. I'm, you know. Oh
0: yeah, he's still doing it. Oh.
1: To the yeah. So, all right, it's going to be a final thought time, Ronan. So, um what what is your overall feeling on this film now that we've had this discussion and we've gone deeper into the lore and the storytelling and the jokes and everything else? How do you feel about this film? How did you feel about it prior and then how do you feel about it now? Uh
0: prior, I was like, you know, it's a good movie, not my favorite craven movie. Uh our aftermath, you know, discussion and things like that. Uh, I want to revisit it again, and I, I want to find out what's going to happen if they release this on Blu-ray, because uh, I think it's an underappreciated Craven movie, and dissecting it, I have a bigger appreciation for it, because there was a lot that I missed, but it was a lot that I do remember, I do remember the performances, the great performances that it had. Uh, you got to see a side of Eddie Murphy that you normally don't see, and you got to see him in a genre that you normally don't see him in. Same with Angela Bassett uh, craving, diving into the world of, like, comedy in Vampire Mythos. So I got, like, basically two combos in one package. It was cool, man. And then you uh, brought together a bunch of legends in here. Some gone, some still with us. So it was a lot going on. There's a lot of history in this movie when you talk about pop culture. So in that sense, it's very impactful. And uh, I have a bigger appreciation for it now, though. Definitely.
1: Awesome. 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 Yeah. Do you think that if, um, if Craven hadn't done this film, do you think that he would have entered into the Scream world with the amount of comedy and, you know, things like that that are in that film? Do Because you, cause you no. think this is a little bit of experience for him? Probably. Probably. Yeah. I would like to think so too. Like, I, I think Scream might have been a different movie had he not done Vampire in Brooklyn. Right. It,
0: it, so. just, it just makes so. sense. Like, this would be, uh, inspirational move or maybe just like a a test project because this is the year before Scream Like it it, it makes logical sense like him going from this to doing Scream you can see all the notes and all the beats in this movie that kind of carried over into Scream
1: yeah and uh, there's a lot of comedic elements in Scream and I think that Vampire kind of prepped him for that so without Vampire in Brooklyn damn it the slasher genre would have died I'm stating that right now
0: yeah yeah technically yeah (laughs) because
1: craven could have said no i mean he didn't write scream you know he just directed it but yeah but i mean you know he saw the comedy in that in that script and he he might have said no you know had he not done vampires so you know a little cause and effect there you know so you know good for him for getting the practice in you know
0: definitely definitely and uh keeping holding the game down in the genre of horror for like three to four decades, bro. Just reinventing it every decade. Who can say that they've done that? You know.
1: And who can say that they've done so many different stories of horror? Like you can do fifty slasher movies, and they're all basically the same. But Craven kind of bounced yeah, around between horror, different. sci-fi, exactly. And now horror comedy, which prepped them for Scream, like we said. So what yeah. would you? Okay, so out of ten. I would say, what would you give this film currently? Like after reviewing it, talking about it, and everything else, how how would you rate it out of ten?
0: Oh My before it probably would have been probably a seven, but now, mm-hmm. but after, it'd be eight,
1: an eight. An eight is a very good number, because you know, there's a lot of films that are nines for me, like uh, like Lord of the Rings is a nine for me. It's not even a ten. You know what I mean? Like, so an eight pr- is, is very generous. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think for myself, dude, uh it it, it is, slowly, and I watched it now twice in the last week. Uh, one one I watched it for personal, because I was like, you know, Vampire in Brooklyn so underrated. I hate that people, no one talks that no one talks about this film. I'm gonna watch it, and then for the second time for for notes and things like that. So I watched it for the show. So I have a, a greater appreciation for this film now, especially after discussing it—the lore, the storytelling, the powers, um, everything about it. Um, I'm uh, definitely going to put this on my top 90s film. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, going to say easily top 20 of my 90s films. So this film, I'm cool. going I'm I'm go to go the same with you, dude. I'm going to give it an eight. Nice.
0: That's high praise right there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm rather critical. I'm not an easy goer. I'm yeah. the kind of I'm the kind of guy that like watches a film and goes, that's a stupid camera angle, uh, that's awful right, right. editing, uh, you know. So I, I can't really find too many things that I didn't dig about this film, dude. It just had everything that I wanted a movie. And oh, I, 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 it, it, well, I with
0: Vampire in Brooklyn, it was it was more surprises and mysteries than anything.
1: Right? Right. Exactly. So yeah. exactly. Oh man, a, I kind of want to go watch it again right now. I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah. All right, man. So uh, we're going to wrap this uh, Vampire Brooklyn episode up. Uh, Ronan, if there's anything you'd like to plug, my friend, the floor is yours. By all means.
0: Sure, man. Hey, I just want to say first, thanks for having me on your uh, podcast. It's pretty dope, dude.
1: Oh, Uh, thank you, man. uh,
0: Stay tuned in to Groveling Podcast. man. He's got some cool stuff going on. He does Twitch streams and stuff. Good friend of mine. Glad to be on this episode. What you talking about, Wes Craven? Uh, And if you want to know where you can find me, I'm on... Social media on Twitter at RonanJogenji85. I'm on Instagram at RonanJogenji. Uh, and I'm on a YouTube uh, channel called J3 Entertainment. So you can find me on those platforms. I have a lot of good content and stuff. A lot of fun. A bunch of positive brothers just trying to do some fun things and have fun with what we do. Talk about entertainment. That's pretty much it, man
1: that's awesome my man i'm looking forward to seeing more future content from you i loved your uh, your old youtube channel that you had uh, yeah. i loved your yeah, your love short of the podcast dude i'm glad okay. that you're coming back to the game
0: hey. yeah yeah definitely it's fine. <laughs> i just i, I work a lot of long hours and stuff at night so i i got the episodes uh recorded already i got a job that's cool
1: man and i hope that you guys go and check out his show um, but it has been a pleasure and an honor. You're you're one of the you know bigger film geeks that I know that I can talk to on a on a level like mine and I have it be decent content, brother. You know, so, yes, uh, yes, it's, it's uh, been an yeah. honor having you, and uh, I hope to have you back, dude, for real. I'll love to come back, yeah, please. All right, my man. We'll we'll find something and we'll put something together, and um maybe bring your other co-host along with you. You know, maybe do a little threesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: All right, cool. Take care, Also, shout out to everyone at the Geek World All-Stars, So Wizard Podcast, Superhero Speak, Pop Prism Power, Cult 45, and of course, fans on patrol. Wait for it. On patrol. And be sure to come back here each and every Friday for brand new episodes of the Gorilla Brain Podcast. But until then, we will catch you down the line.